Amen. Good morning, church. How you doing? Ron, that was awesome. Band, that was awesome. Woo! Praise God for you. Amen. Hold on one second. I'll be right back. Praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, we got a full house. Amen. So I, I just want to remind you, because this is just in my heart, um, I, I work in a hospital, and I want you to know, I hate to report, but the pandemic is not over. It is not, okay? And I'm watching people in the hospital who are suffering, and they're Families can't come in to see them, and it's just really a bad thing. So when you leave here and go outside, please put your mask on to protect yourself so you'll have a good Christmas and protect other people. Okay, is that okay? Can I get a... Thank you very much, okay? It's really not a good thing. Well, I have a word, and it's a word that has been a blessing to me personally because... You know what? Every time you think you know the Bible, something new pops up and you say, wow, I never saw that before. Okay, I never saw that point of view before. I've read that scripture a hundred times, but I never saw it that way, okay? So I want you to uh, go with me to the book of Matthew, the second chapter. And I want to talk to you from the topic of following the wise men. Amen. And contrary to popular belief, there's nowhere in the Bible that says it was three of them, <laughs> okay? So we'll just say the wise men, all right? Amen. Well, Father God, it is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we come before your throne. Wow, Lord, what an honor and a privilege, Lord, that your word nourishes our souls, Father, and gives us strength, Father, to live in this world that's full of confusion and chaos, Father, and disappointments. But, Father, you have lifted up above all that's going on, all the chaos, Lord, and it's because we eat your word, because we are filled with the strength that comes from your word, Father. So we thank you and praise you, Lord, that we are feasting on your word today, with the hope of becoming wiser, Father, in the things of this age, Father. Teach us how to navigate, how to maneuver, how to keep our faith intact, Father, in a world, Father, that is faithless. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There is a story that we're, most of us are familiar with when we think of the Christmas story, and it's found in the second chapter of Matthew. And Matthew is, out of the four Gospels, is the only one that gives an account of wise men. You won't find it in Luke, you won't find it in John, you won't find it in Mark. But Matthew talks about the wise men that came seeking Jesus. So, in um, Matthew, the second chapter, and if you're there with me, amen, we're going to feed on God's wisdom this morning, amen. Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew 2. And it says this. I've read this so many times, and it's just so exciting to see something completely different and new for me personally, okay? It says, after Jesus 
was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. That is just so full of dynamite. It is dynamite. Now, in many of your translations, it will say magi. In the other translations, it will say wise men, okay? Um, so these wise men, it says that they came to Bethlehem, uh, in the second verse of the second chapter, it says they came to King Herod um, from the east to Jerusalem. So you have to, first of all, ask yourself, what is east of Jerusalem? And if you're looking at a map of the Middle East, you will see that Jerusalem borders on the coast of the Mediterranean Ocean, okay? And if you go east, you're going to run into Iraq, Iran, Syria to the to the uh, south, okay? Is that fair enough for you historians and geographers and that sort of thing? So if they're coming from the east, they are which is now Iran, or they're possibly from Iraq, uh, or, or also known, uh, Iran, also known as Persia. They are coming east. Now, how far is Iran, Iraq, or the Persia, or Babylon of old from Jerusalem? Well, if you look at a map, it will tell you that these wise men traveled at least 600, somewhere between 600 and 1,200 miles. Okay? That's a lot of travel, even in an automobile. And how were they traveling? On camels, all right? Now, in all the photos, they show usually three wise men on camels coming into Jerusalem. But we know from historical backstory that when you are carrying gold and myrrh and, uh, and, and frankincense, you ain't going out on the road by yourself, okay? And these are high-ranking officials from the Middle East. So this is an entourage, okay, of servants and assistants and camels carrying sacks and bags of gold because they're coming to see a king. So they're not bringing a little purse of gold, okay? They have, and, and, I, and I believe that they had more than myrrh and frankincense and gold. I think they brought an array of things, okay, of spices and, and things that came from their country because they are coming to celebrate a king. So just imagine you traveling 600 miles on a camel, and you are saying to yourself, what, are we there yet? <laughs> because that is a long, difficult trip. Now, most of the uh, uh, people in Jerusalem and around that area, how travel? they traveled on donkeys or they traveled on some kind of ass or, you know, a mule or whatever. But these brothers was on camels. I mean, like we're talking Mercedes, Rolls Royce of the day, okay, with an entourage, okay? And they are carrying with them gold and, and, and myrrh and all kinds of spices, and they are traveling across country. How, how long would it take to carry, uh, to, to travel that far, uh, do you think, on a camel? Okay, it had to be like days and weeks, okay, of coming across. And they walk into Herod's court. Now, Herod is the king. He 
He's the king of, of the Jews. So you know, ordinary court and say, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? We're just in town. We just stopped by. No, these guys had to be very, very high ranking, probably lords in their own regions, okay, for them to walk into Herod's court. And then the thing that in, that, that's so interesting, it says, we have come speaking, okay, who is Herod? He's the king of who? The Jews. And they walk into his court and say, we have come because we heard that the king of the Jews has been born. Um, what can we, what, how can we, what kind of analogy can we build to that? Okay. Uh, who's in the white? And someone comes, some princes come from France and England and Germany, and they say, hey, we hear that there's a new leader born in your country. There's a new leader in America. Well, excuse me? <laughs> okay, I thought I was the leader. I thought I was the king of the Jews. He says, no, no, we, we, we saw the star. There's a, there's a new king in Jerusalem. Did your wife have a baby? I mean, that's, that's, that could be possible, right? A king is born, well, maybe it's Herod's child. Because they come into court like innocence, like with no, because these are wise men. Wise men act and speak with wisdom. And it seems like they're walking in like babes out of the woods. Hey, we heard that a king has been born in your region. So either they thought that Herod already knew, or... They had to think that Herod already knew. I'm going to give them that. Because they don't seem to have any fear, no apprehension. They said, we saw the We have come to worship him. Here's the second thing. First of all, these, this entourage of wise men, they travel somewhere between 1,200 and 600 miles seeking the king of the Jews and so my question is, were they Jews? No. Why were the Persians coming 1,200 miles so that they could worship the king of the Jews? That's a big question. I stayed up all night looking for the answer. Why would Persians, who were idolaters for the most part, be worshiping, come to worship the king of the Jews. Well, you have to go back in history, Pastor Chuck, way, way back. Let's go back to when Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem. This is way before Jesus Christ. And they take with them all of the young princes and, and, and the, the smartest, the best royal children, and they bring them to the king's court in Babylon, and they proved to be wiser than all of the wise men and magi in Babylon. Who were they? Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And they become a part of the wise men in the court of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Now, their influence became so great because they saw Daniel thrown into a lion's den, 
and came out with no bite marks. They saw the three Hebrew boys thrown into the fire and came out with no smoke in their clothes. And so the king says, we must honor the king of Daniel, the God of Daniel, the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. So I'm thinking that since it's recorded in the book of Daniel that Daniel said, I, by the writings of Jeremiah, have determined the years that we will be in captivity. We have also determined the coming of a Messiah. So the whole court was studying the Old Testament. Honored the God of Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Isn't that deep? I'm like, knew about the Messiah, even though they were heathens, and they honored the God of Daniel, the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, because they had seen the miracles that their God had worked through them, and it was carried down through their history. So their wise men, or their magi, who, let me tell you what they were. They were basically scholars. The center of their scholarly pursuit was astrology and astronomy. They studied the stars, that, I mean, among other things. They were also sorcerers. They came up with medications and, 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 and potions of that day, uh, not to cast spells, but to help with health issues. And one of these were very wise men. They were political. They understood the political times. They were advisors to the king of that day. They were very wise. And you know what? If you're just wise, you're smart. You also know how to make money now, don't you? Okay? So they were also rich and influential. And so they had been studying and studying this whole concept of the king of the Jews and they saw that he would reign forever and ever, and that at the name of this Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach, if that, at his name that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord. I did, oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but ooh, this is just so good to me. Oh, this is good. So I want to talk about, oh, this is going in and out. Okay, take this off. Okay. All right, so I, I want to talk about, wow, um, three, three things that you need to know about these magi. Number one, they came from the east. Number two, they were skilled in astronomy, astrology. They were rich, powerful, and rulers in their own right. Three, the wise men were familiar with the writings of Daniel and Jeremiah, who were both held captive in Babylon, and Daniel was honored by the king Nebuchadnezzar, who carried the history of the Jewish people because they were honored in Babylon. So here they are, they're, they're, they're studying, they're watching. Now, this is the fourth and most important thing about the wise men. Are you ready for this? The Magi represented the coming of the Gentile nations to do homage to the Jewish Messiah, bringing with them all of their wealth, their power, their wisdom, their knowledge, and their understanding. You miss what I'm saying. In, in John 1, he says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
But to as many who received him, to them he gave them the power to become the sons of God. He came unto his own, the Jews, who received him not. So God sends, puts a star in the sky so that the Gentiles could see it. You, 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 I don't know if y'all are really tracking with me or not. So those, so those who did not know God, who were not the sons of God, but were adopted into God, they, he gave them a star and said, come and see the one who will save your soul. And they were willing to travel day and night, week and month, bringing riches and bringing knowledge and bringing everything. The Gentiles. The Gentiles would be ushered into the kingdom. Now, now this is deep. This is deep. Ah, this is deep. Look at this. It says this. Uh, let's go back to verse 2. And they asked, where is the one, chapter 2, verse 2, book of Matthew, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? But we saw the star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem was disturbed with him. Who are these dudes coming in here talking about the king of the Jews? Are they not looking at the throne with Herod sitting on the throne? What's up with this? They are upset. Let me tell you why they're upset. Okay? It says, they, they, he was disturbed. Verse 4. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, this is the Sadducees and, and Pharisees and scribes and, you know, all the religious folks, all the church folks, all the church leaders of all denominations. He called them together and teachers of the law, and he asked them, where is the Christ? Where was the Christ to be born? He called together all of his wise men. He said, now, these guys have come 1,200 miles saying that they are looking for the Messiah uh, now, you guys are supposed to already know about the Messiah. So tell me, where is he supposed to be born? They say, we don't even have, that's not even a question. Bethlehem, we all know that. Read Micah, fifth chapter. Read Isaiah. Read Jeremiah. <laughs> we know Bethlehem. Out of Bethlehem will come a ruler. Yeah, we know that. If the Gentiles saw the star 1,200 miles away and Jerusalem is six miles from Bethlehem, you can, feel, you can finish the sentence, can't you? And the religious leaders are six miles. That's, I can walk six miles on a good day if the sun is not too hot and I've got some bottled water. They're right, and and. Right down the street, Bethlehem. Now, you got to understand what Bethlehem was to the Jews at that time. King Herod asked, where, where, do you know anything about this, about where the Messiah is coming? Where is going to be? Yeah, right over there in uh, Compton. Uh, East L.A., oh, right over East L.A. over there. Uh -huh. I ain't going over there. 
Ain't no way that the king of the Jews is over in Compton, East LA, Watts, or any of the downtown homeless areas. No way. That's what, that's what Bethlehem represented to them. And plus the fact they had no sign. Why would the religious leaders of that day, Robashata, why would they not have a sign from God that he was about to bring his son into the earth? Something is wrong with that picture. Does anybody, raise your hand if you think something is wrong with that picture. That people far off, not a part of the church would know, but the church didn't know. Sometimes we become so relaxed and so comfortable with being religious that we stop seeking him. We stop seeking him for our life, for our needs. And then when someone far off comes in and says, oh, uh, they've got tattoos or they ain't looking too cool or, you know, got their cap on backwards, you know what I mean, or her skirt is too short, you know what I'm saying, she's got... What is she doing in here? I'm looking for Jesus. That's what I'm doing. Have you ever seen anybody walk into church looking for Jesus? And religious people look at them like, what are you doing here? Why are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry you can't wear that kind of attire in our presence. Oh, you have to get some appropriate clothes and then come back. What do you, what, what do, you do when someone brings someone in on a stretcher? with sores on them, or they can't breathe, or has some terrible disease. Oh my goodness, why would they, why would they bring that person in here? I might get something. What has the church become that we miss the signs of the time? That we become so blinded by ritual and going through the motions. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Do you, do, you, do you know when they started celebrating Christmas? You think that they really started at the time that Jesus was born or came back from Egypt or where we fled to? Christmas didn't happen. There you go. There's a historian over there. Christmas didn't happen until 300 years after Christ under the Emperor Constantine. Constantine wanted to change the Roman Empire into a Christian nation. And they had all of these springtime rituals that went on that are idolatrous rituals. He says, I'm going to use wintertime when there's not a lot of that stuff going on that I have to compete with. It was only, there was only one one celebration that he had to compete with in the winter, and that was uh, Saturn worship. And it's Saturn. Well, they had a big celebration, check this out, and gave each other gifts. Y'all are missing what I'm saying here. It was idolatrous celebration where they celebrated, ate food, and gave each other gifts. Constantine said, man, this is like a perfect thing. 
I'll just tag on and we will call it Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus. But most historians believe that Jesus was not born in December. They believe he was born in the spring because the shepherds were out in the field. They weren't out there in the snow, okay? People were traveling across country. The weather was more pleasant. There are a whole lot of historical reasons that I don't believe. That's not the point. The point is, he was born. But the church has kind of fashioned things to give our religious ideologies some structure, okay? So we'll know what, when, how. But the thing is, you don't want to miss what this celebration is all about. It's not about you shopping. It's not about you running around. I had a, had a lady come in uh, into the ER and they thought she was having a heart attack. I'm, I'm not kidding you. And they called me as the chaplain. They called me down to talk with her. She was panic stricken, you know. And what I do when I go in to see a patient, I watch the monitor to see what their blood pressure, heart rate, what's doing as I'm talking to them. And many times, as they begin to talk out what they're going through, I watch their blood pressure just come down, I watch their heart rate just relax. And I said, what's going on with you? I said, um, did you shop till you dropped? <laughs> she laughed, Look, and I'm watching the blood pressure machine. Well, you know, I was supposed to go over to, uh, um, and to order my turkey, and I thought my daughter ordered the turkey, and she didn't order the turkey, and you know, they have this shortage now, and I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I have all these people coming to my house. Da, 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 da. She's gonna let her talk, and her venting just made her relax because she just was getting stuff off her chest. But then I had to help her refocus on what this whole thing is about. I said, you know what? You've already done your shopping. And she said, what do you mean? I said, you, you were just talking about how sweet your daughter is and how much you love her. Do you know that love is a gift? It's the greatest gift anybody could ever give. You've already done, have you done your shopping? Have you done your shopping? Have you been kind to the people around you? Yes. Have you said, I love you? Yes. Have you been concerned about someone in your neighborhood who has a need, yes. who can't get out for themselves? Yes. We have friends, and my husband will call up and say, you know, Peggy, what do you need? I know you're getting ready to go in for surgery. I know you're having trouble walking. Is there anything I can do? That's a gift. It's a gift. And as the church, you need to refocus on what this is all about. It's about the coming of the Messiah. And he who is wise wins souls. Back to the text. Back to the text. They say, yeah, we know where he is. Right down, right down the street there. The Compton exit, okay? Right there. 
Up the, oh, the five? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Right out there in the barrio up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know where he is. We, yeah, we know what the prophecy says. But if God was doing something, if his son was coming to the world, surely he would have told us first. That's, what, that's why they weren't concerned about it. And it says, then Herod called the Magi secretly, verse 7, and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. They wonder, when was this? Because he knows it now. He knows the prophecy concerning the coming Messiah. He feels like his throne might be in jeopardy. When did, when did this first happen? Then he sent them to Bethlehem, didn't go with them, didn't send a any of his wise men. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. Can you underline that? Make a careful search for the child. How many of you have made a careful search for Jesus? Not religion. I'm talking about in your own heart. You know how many times I've asked people, um, uh, you know, are you born again? Are you saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- when did you get saved? Uh, 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 I, I joined the choir. Let's see, I joined the choir. No, that's not what I ask you. Uh, I, I joined church. Uh, yeah, that's not what I ask you. I ask you, when did you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. If there's, is there anybody here you can remember the day? Just raise your hand if you can remember the day. Because if you can't remember the day, that's like saying, what day did you get married? Uh, now, I know I got married. Well, what day was your first child born? It was sometime in August. No, no, no. It was the end of July. Yeah, that's right. And then somebody says, no, it's October. Oh, that's right, because the trees were, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, you can be around Christ, you can be near Christ, you can be by Christ, but the word of God says that if any man be in Christ, then he is a new creature. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. So what happens is, because many of us are just around Christ, by him, near him, and not in him, you're sitting in church and nothing is new in your life. This is a hard word, huh? It's ruining your Christmas. Oh, my. He sent him to Bethlehem and said, make a careful search for the child. I'm asking you, make a careful search of where you are with Christ. Make a careful search because it matters because that's how your life changes when you are in proximity. You say, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God, why don't you get closer so you can hear what he's saying? You ask God a question to help you with something and you're across the street and he's deadly talking, telling you, you know, would you say, huh? Oh, maybe I better call my astrologer. Maybe I better call my girlfriend. Maybe I may bug my pastor for the 29th, 60th time. Maybe he has the answer because you're not close enough to hear him for yourself. Search for him. Search for him with your heart. He says, and, and when you find him, 
come, 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 tell me, report to me, uh, verse, uh, is that, what is it, verse 7, 8? He says, so I too may go worship him. Now, I'm not a judge. I don't judge anybody because I'm too busy trying to keep moi on track. How legitimate is your worship? How legitimate is your worship? Are you going through the motion? God, I'm just humble before you. I'm worthy. One guy just climbed up a sycamore just to wave at him. Real worship. You really seeking him? You really want him to change your life? Herod is with, with the Magi. He's not, he's not serious about worshiping him. He just wants to find out where he is. I'm going to say something. A pastor check is probably going to say, don't you ever say that again. But you know, it's a tragic thing when people are running a church that are not worshipers. I see it all the time. These boards of trustees, elders, no love for God. And every time you try to do something for God, they're like, oh, no, that's going to cost the church too much. We've always done it this way or that way. Thank God for a pastor who loves change. He's always on the front line. Let's go do this. Thank God for the trustees and elders that stand with him and say, go for it, pastor. We got your back. I know I'm in trouble, but it's okay. I got a job. We've been friends for 40 years, so we can mess with each other, okay? <laughs> but he said, I want to worship him too, but he's not for real. He doesn't really want to worship him. And after they heard the king, they went their way, verse 9, for they had seen the star in the east, and it was still leading them. Say this, he's still leading me. It was still leading them until it stopped over the place where you have a need, it will stop. Didn't we talk about that? It will stop over the place where you, he will lead you. Ooh, I'm talking to myself right now. Until it stops over the place where you have a need. Stop and said, this is the place. This is the place. And it says, they went in and on coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary. They're no longer in the barn because everybody's paid their taxes, so they're not in the barn anymore. They've, everybody's left town, really, seriously, and they went to a house. They were in a house at this point. That's what it says. We don't know whether the, the child was a year old or six months or two or however old, but they came to a house, and they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream to go, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country in another route. Did you know that true worship 
It's always connected to giving. <laughs> we had a conversation, didn't we, Charles? And I said, well, should we give this? Because if we give this, then you know, we're not going to have that. And blah, blah. He says, no, we got to give it. You can't, you can't worry about the economy and everything that's going on. You got to get that because I want to, God to give back to me what I need. So true worship is giving. They, they, wait a minute. They didn't get there and say, what, what am I going to give? They brought their giving with them. They planned ahead of time. They understood that worship was connecting to giving. And I challenge you, before you walk out of that, this sanctuary, you need to just double it up, triple it up. You, you want, hey, you want, the, you want to get led <laughs> to what your need is? You need to be generous. You need to worship him in your giving. really do. And I'll tell you, when you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, you will go another way. They didn't, they didn't go back to all that political, religious stuff that was going on in Jerusalem. It says they went in a different direction. If you've really had an encounter with Christ, you're going another way. You, you, I know how people are celebrating Christmas, you know, and they're stacking up on their beer and their vodka. You know, come on, don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what our relatives and our friends are doing? Oh, so the, the wine store, they lined up outside the wine store. The, 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 you know, you, oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. But those who had an encounter with him, they went out another way. Father, in the name of Jesus. We just come before your throne. God, praying that this would be a Christmas of true worship. That we would be searching carefully for Jesus in the midst of everything that's going on, all the hoopla, all the parades, Father, all the shopping and buying, and uh, what's that QCV TV? We've got 10 items left. You better call now if you want it by Christmas. Help us to search for him. Send a sign, Father, of where you want me to go with the situation that I'm dealing with. God, don't, 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 don't allow me to be in fear over the kings and the systems of this earth. Make me a wise man that I can stand here and say, look, I'm looking for Jesus. I know you're in Chicago. I know you could kill me if you wanted me, fire me or whatever. <laughs> but I'm looking for Jesus. Father, there may be someone here today. And you have said, I I'm born again, but you can't point to the time or the place where it really happened. If this you, I'm just asking you to raise your hand right now. Because this can be your new birthday. This is the 12th day of the 12th month of the 21st year where you can say, I know that I know that I know that I know on that day, I got it right with God. I found Jesus. If that's you, you can raise your hand right now. You may have been like, I can't even remember. If you want to do a new thing, I, this is a day for me to do a new thing. 
a new thing. Uh, uh, raise your hand a little higher. Come on, let me see the hands. I see him, I see him, see him. I see you, I see you. I'm not asking you to, I'm not going to anoint you with holy water. I'm not going to knock you on the floor. I just want you to say, God, I'm looking for Jesus. And I want this to be a year where I do a new thing. I don't want to get caught up in all the hoopla that's going on. Help me to keep my focus on you. Somebody in this room right now, you need to find the healing Jesus. You need the healing Jesus. He's right here in this room. So Father, in the name of Jesus, if you need, if you need the healing Jesus, you're looking for the healing Jesus. Roba. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, that the spirit of healing is in this room, that Jesus is moving, Father, through bones and sinews and muscles and organs and brains and tissue and diagnosis. He is reversing the curse and releasing the blessings over your people that they will live long and strong, that they will not die, but they will live to proclaim the glory of God in the earth. Someone's mind is disturbed with depression and anxiety. You can't even sleep at night. You're looking for Jesus? He says, I will send peace. Peace into your mind. Somebody's dealing with bipolar issues. Your personality will just jump into something else. Come on. Say, Jesus, I need you to regulate my mind. To take away my depression. That, that's you. That, that's you. You're looking for Jesus. Someone is dealing with an addiction. You've been trying to break free. Or you want to stand for your children or for your husband or someone who's just battling addiction. It's like they can never get free. Say, Jesus. Jesus, I come to you to worship you. And ask you to deliver me. Deliver my loved ones, deliver my children and my children's children. Break this generational curse over my family. And Father, we will worship you. We will glorify you. We will magnify you. We will find a different way to live. We will go out a different way from where we came in. Yes, Lord. Be our way maker, Lord. And even as you sent the star for the wise men, be our light in the darkness. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's just worship him. Just raise your hands. Worship him. Worship him. Your healing is coming today. If you just raise your hands and worship him and believe him and have faith in him, Salvation is in this place. Deliverance is in this place. Every blessing you need, you don't, you don't even know how you're going to make it financially. Raise your hand right now and say, Jesus, you see me.